afternoon, Paul. Where, where you're, you're in San Francisco. So good morning, Paul. <laughs> good morning. Uh, welcome uh, back, everyone. Episode five, we've got a good one talking about one of our primary tools we use a lot when it comes to customer research, talking about personas today. Um, so we got a lot of uh, good information there. Uh, we're going to talk about an interesting kind of new tool uh, that maybe not being utilized a lot, but um, definitely something that you can get a lot of insight quickly. And Paul's going to talk about that based on a conversation he had with a prospect uh, this week. And then, uh, but let's go ahead and, uh, and actually just kick it off with uh, kind of our, our intro segment. And this one, don't necessarily have a catchy name, but uh, really, what are some recommending readings for CX? And Paul, um, I mean, you've You've been researching, reading about this, uh, you know, focusing on this for such a long time. I'm sure there are a lot of folks out there that you follow and, and uh, you know, converse with. So who are those people that, for those who are learn- wanting to learn more about customer experience or read about it, who are some good reads out there? Yeah, so, you know, I, I, I'm a big, I, I came from Forrester. I know a lot of the analysts there. Our framework is largely based on uh, some of the stuff that Forrester has, has done. So, you know, I, I always go to Forrester. We've got a subscription to Forrester, so you can always, um, you know, do a search on, on what they've got and see all of their reports. Um, I, you know, Bruce Temkin um, has, uh, has got the Temkin group. He's a research guy. He's got a blog called uh, Experience mm-hmm. Matters. Yep. Um, that I, you know, he's, he is a prolific writer and, uh, and is into a lot of stuff. Carrie Bodine um, is someone who I respect a lot. Used to work with her. She's got uh, a blog as well um, uh, if you Google her. Jean Bliss mm-hmm. is a customer experience leader. Um, she was a multi, multi-times uh, chief customer officer. Um, she writes a blog and, and, and has great, great stuff. Um, and then I, I, you know, I've got uh, alerts on on, uh, uh, on on Google around customer experience. So, yeah. you know, the customer experience in the news, I have them around chief customer officers, chief experience officers. So just see what's going on uh, on those kinds of things. And then I like to, I like to look at... Um, Behavioral science types of stuff. So Dan yeah. Ariely, um, uh, I think it's Daniel Pink, you know, mm-hmm. guys like that who are thinking both about culture and change, but also about behavioral economics. Yeah, you know, and that application. You know, a lot of that stuff doesn't um, really focus in directly on customer experience, but you use the customer, you take that lens and then apply a customer experience. You know, I'm going to change around going from a product centered company to a customer centric company. Now what's the change or what's the, what are are the, what's the uh, psychology of, of, of people to to, to do that change. So those are a few things. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I, the, the Google alerts actually, I think is a great tool, something that maybe not a lot of people know about, but uh, yeah, I've got it set up for customer experience, customer success, uh, design thinking, just to, you know, a couple of topics that I'm interested in and typically, brings up uh, some interesting articles every so often. So yeah, I think that's that's a great tool for our folks to think about. I tell you the other thing that's really great is even LinkedIn. You know, as you make mm-hmm. customer experience leaders and build your, your your collection, they're often posting and they're people I respect. And so I get a lot of really great stuff through LinkedIn and the feeds that uh, people have. So yeah. yeah. Awesome. Great. All right. Well, let's move on to our topic for the day. Uh, personas. Uh, personas, kind of one of those buzzwords out there uh, that people talk about. Uh, maybe not all using it in the same way, but 
you know, let's start off with what is a persona and maybe what are the different types of personas that are out there? Yeah, fantastic. So personas have been around for quite a while. A persona is essentially the, uh, 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 a tool in our, in our customer experience tool belt for designing, uh, intentionally designing experiences. Um, it's a visual representation or should be a visual representation of research you've done about customers and it brings customers to life. Um, like I said, personas have been around for a while. Um, I don't know who created them, but uh, a guy named Alan Cooper, uh, if you uh, Google Alan Cooper and personas, he's got, he at least claims to have invented them. Um, but, you know, probably 20, 25, 30 years ago, um, working in the enterprise software space, he started using personas to help develop enterprise software hmm. and, um, 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 you know, essentially focus and ground him in what are users caring about and, and using. Mm -hmm. So, again, a persona is a visual representation of, of research that I've done about customers. It's, it's supposed to humanize, bring a, a customer alive. It's different than a segment, a typical marketing segmentation where, you know, most marketing segmentation is focused on how much do you spend or what age you are, or what demographic mm -hmm. you are. It, it, those don't give you any insights whatsoever into what motivates people. What are their attitudes? Why are they doing what they're doing? So a persona is really about identifying and getting past that sort of superficial marketing stuff and getting into the why do people do what they do? What do they need out of me? What are their tasks? Uh, a persona is super helpful for focusing then in on what should we design, mm -hmm. who should we prioritize to, there are different personas out there, who's our most important persona, who, who do we really have the capability to serve, there's a piece of this that becomes, you know, who's your target customer, and what value are you trying to deliver, now let me keep that persona front and center so I know what I'm designing to, it helps for mm -hmm. focus. Great, that, that's, that's, that's really good. So. You know, you kind of mentioned the demographic aspect and some of the, do you fit into this category or that category? But data is important, right? When In terms of kind of, or at least it's maybe a starting point for certain personas. I know that, you know, for some of the work that we've done, we do a little bit of data-driven segmentation to then drive what personas or the, the research around to then start humanizing. So maybe talk a little bit about how data combined with the qualitative side, so it's kind of quant and qualitative side, how that ends up coming in together as within the persona. Yeah, there's behaviors and there's motivations. Behaviors are things you can often track and quantify, and so oftentimes you've got data around you know, what people do, what channels they hit, what, um, you know, what their spend is, what their, mm -hmm. you know, what kinds of things that they like. So um, the data can often be a good starting place, but it doesn't, what data doesn't give you is the why. Why yeah. does someone do what they're doing or, 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 you know, what are they feeling about what they're doing? So we often start maybe with, with a quantitative data to try to get a sense for kinds of behaviors and then go into a qualitative research. So we might go into the field and watch consumers or customers. We might talk with them in their field. We might do some sort of interviews over the phone. There's lots of, again, a lot of different techniques. We're doing 
more qualitative to answer mm -hmm. that emotional and the why. What are your attitudes around this? What um, you know? What kinds of other things? And then we may very well qualitative is qualitative. It's not you right. know it, it, it doesn't tell you how often something happens, but mm -hmm. it gives you insights into why. Then you can actually use that for you know survey based tools to go back to the quantitative. Uh, type of data or go find other data, you know, well, we don't actually know how often this is particularly happening. Now let's go look back right. at the quantitative stuff. There can often, you know, it's really, really great to go back and forth. A good persona will combine both. It'll combine some of the qualitative stuff mm -hmm. and that, again, that that emotional and the, the attitudinal stuff. I always look at, um, I use an, an acronym MBA. Do you have your customer MBA? Hmm. Motivations, behaviors and attitudes okay and are those part of any given persona so i want to dig more into that and kind of what each component is but uh, you know one of the to help kind of visualize some of the the quant versus the qualitative especially as it relates to a persona i kind of think of the quantitative as the frame and then the qualitative is the coloring and the shading in to really understand what's going on so Maybe, you know, one way to visualize it is this gives us the starting point and then we're going in, filling it in, learning more about it through the qualitative. So, Absolutely. yeah, I, Absolutely. I heard that. Um, yeah. So you so MBA motivations, behaviors and attitudes. So walk us through kind of what what each component is and, and ultimately how does that help? Like you said, kind of humanize the persona. Yeah, so let me uh, let me do two things. One is talk about different kinds of personas. So mm -hmm. there's, you know, I mean, it's this is a tool, and just like there are many kinds of uh, screwdrivers or hammers, there are many. You know, there's not a one size fits all uh, uh, persona. And then talk about um, when you're creating a persona, there's kind of best practices that your persona should have. So perfect. Uh, um, personas again. Um, come in many shapes and sizes. Oftentimes, what you're trying to do is is articulate who are our customers and what they're doing. So what is, you know, let's take some archetypal customers and all customers are not, not, you know, the same or equal. Right. Um, so, so I may be, you know, I always love to go to, to contact center folks or field, you know, field services as someone out in the field interacting with customers and say, talk to me about different kinds of customers. How are they interacting with you? Get a sense of what those kinds of customers are. So oftentimes you're trying to um, stereotype your archetypal chunks of customers. Sometimes you may very well want to go to extremes. Creating mm -hmm. an extreme persona can be super, super useful. Your use, you know, your user who is is you know the super user. They do a ton of business with you. They pound on an application. They're early adopters, right? That's an extreme. And designing something for the extreme can be incredibly useful. The other extreme would be, you know, your your. I've never used this before. I don't like technology. I don't, you know, I, I'm new to your business. You know, the other end of the, the spectrum of someone who really just doesn't know anything about what you're, you're, you're trying to do. So mm -hmm. lot different ranges of personas, depending on what you're what you're what you're trying to trying to do. Um, I would say there are six things that are important for any given persona. Okay. Again, the persona is about a customer. So having a good, authentic narrative around that, that that. Yeah, the, the number number two thing would be uses words that that persona would actually use. You should okay. be able to 
you know, literally feel your face turning when you're using that word and you're becoming the persona themselves. Actually having the face and, you know, um, verbatims um, of the person can be, it can be incredible helpful. Yeah. Um, they highlight the MBA. They highlight the motivations, behaviors, and attitudes. If they're not okay. doing that, if it's all about me and the internal perspective of what they're doing with me, you're missing what, what motivates them, not what motivates you as the company. Um, a persona should support design decisions. So depending hmm. on what you're designing, it should give insights into um, you know what a customer cares about, what they're what they're trying to do. And very closely related to that is it should um, highlight the the tasks or the jobs that uh, jobs that customers are trying to do. Hmm. Um, customers okay. come to your company because they've got a job to do, and then you, they think you know you may have a solution or a service to help them. So it should highlight what their jobs are, what their uh, tasks. Are that they're trying to do, um, and then I think it, you know any given persona ought to be tailored to the audience that's ultimately going to be using you know the internal audience is going to be using it. Mm -hmm. So you know is this a it, you know it can be a very very detailed persona if it's you know being used by a project group to build out something, if it's you know to talk at a very high level to a set of senior executives about who are our customers, you know I may have a higher level um, you know and so tailoring the persona and the amount of details to the audience that's going to use them becomes very important. So on that, you know, so if you're at an organization and you're, you know, you have an initiative that you're working on and part of it is you want to develop personas to help support that. Is it a generic persona that then can be used carried forward in other initiatives or are they personas specific to that initiative? So what, you know, what's kind of the best yeah, practice so on that? Yeah, I would always start with a company-wide persona. Your customers are your customers, and if you've got research about them in the broader sense, because no customer is ever just specifically about your project. They mm -hmm. have a larger day in the life of their issues and the tasks that they do rarely just encompass the little project that you're doing. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm always very careful. When I see someone saying, I'm going to create a digital persona or I'm going to create a marketing persona, my red flags go immediately off because I'm, I'm thinking, no, 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 you've got company-wide personas. But then I may do some additional research to give me, okay, when they're in a digital environment, I need to know a little bit more about how the their behavior, you know, their attitudes towards towards mm -hmm. digital tools, right? Yeah. So I may take that initial persona and do some additional research to give me a good sense of of you know who and what and why and how they are within the particular environment relative to a, yeah. a project that I'm working on. That a, you know, a higher level generic persona may not have. Got it. Okay. All right. That's awesome. So, um, so you know, you you kind of you can update it based on the initiatives. So in general, so we have these company personas. How often should organizations create or modify or update their those personas, right? Because I, I kind of feel like same thing with maybe what we'll talk about next week around customer journeys, right? It, it's kind of a snapshot in time um, when you do the research. So how often should you go back and update that? Yeah, that's a great question. And I go back and forth on whether, you know, you're updating them fairly regularly. You know, I, I, I think at some level you could have dynamic, just so we've talked about this in the past, of having dynamic data-driven journeys. You can mm -hmm. almost have data, you know, a, a, a persona that has, um, 
you know, tied so instead in, of metrics, you know, it could be a dashboard of sorts, right? Yeah, With absolutely. data flowing in that, you know, is based, you know, it's talking about behavior, is grabbing um, um, verbatims or a customer experience team can throw uh, feed verbatims from customers that, you know, very much typify a, a particular type of customer. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think on an annual basis, you're probably going back. But again, this notion of I'm, 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 you know, my customers are continuously evolving and what they right. did last quarter is different than this quarter. You know, I, I really like the idea of thinking about these things as, as evolving just as my customers evolve. And there may be a data flow, there may be, you know, constant insights that are flowing into these and these could look a lot more like dashboards rather than static pieces of paper or things that are on the wall. Yeah. Awesome. But I think that's a cutting edge. I don't know that, that there's that many people doing that that sort of thing uh, right. today. Yeah, I think that'd be an interesting interesting perspective to bring to clients and and the and the market and kind of see what people are doing. Um, awesome. So, you know, so ultimately, you know, if you had to if you had to talk to a project sponsor or someone that you're you know having a conversation around CX, and they ask. You know, okay, personas sound great, but what's the value that I'm getting out of this? What is the value that personas really generate for an organization? So I would say there's three things that you ought to keep in mind. A persona will give you focus. Instead of design, trying to be all things to everyone, who am I? Um, who who is really the most important person that I'm designing for? And in a world of constrained resources, how do I prioritize what I'm doing? And that's really mm -hmm. the second thing: is give me prioritize. Um, and out of out of creating focus and priorities, it's going to basically enable me to create better designs that you know cost less because I'm focused. I'm not trying to be all things to everyone. Yeah. Um, Forrester suggests that companies that use Persona in redesign projects mm -hmm. um, have a four times higher success rate or, or ROI around. Um, you know, the projects that they do than those who don't use it. And, wow. and, it, and it makes some common sense, right? If I'm right. focused and I'm, I'm, I'm prioritizing, I'm actually in tune with what the actual, the, the, the key user of this needs, um, you know, I'm not going to, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm gonna to fail less. I'm not going to add things that are, are less important or so forth. I'm not going to get diluted and trying to be all things to everyone. So, no. you know, oh. ultimately at the end of the day, it's about succeeding. Awesome. Well, I think that's a really good uh, overview and introduction to personas. I'm sure there's a lot more that we can dig into, but uh, I wanted to spend a little bit of time that we have left on uh, our CX tool of the week. Um, and this is actually something that came out of a conversation that you had with a, a new company that was starting up um, as a way to collect insights from from their customers. And so, and something that you don't really hear much about. So I, I, I want to turn it over to you and, and kind of um, see what you were talking about. Yeah, so the tool that she used is something called a diary study. And a diary study is literally asking your customers to keep up a diary of their of their experience with you over a certain period of time. It could be a month, it could be a week, it could be a, a you know, a, a day in the life of. Mm -hmm. um, but hospitals have used this. It's like, you know, at your patient did patients stay, you know, over the stay, write to, you know, here's a journal, keep an eye, keep a, a log of the things that you experience, the people you come in contact with, how you're feeling about it. So she went out and literally, startup company, she's the only customer experience person. Within, within a few weeks, she went out and recruited about 40 customers to 
participate in a, a, a diary study. She wow. wanted, a, a, you know, give me a week, you know, during a week, um, answer a few questions. And, she, you know, she kind of led those questions. She set up a Google Drive so it would be easy for customers to just log into that or, or, or tap into that and, and write mm -hmm. down their thoughts and uncovered all sorts of interesting um, mm. um, things about uh, uh, those customers. She was actually polling people along the way, um, you know, with, with questions that came out of that, but a ton of verbatims about what they were thinking, how they... Oh, we may have lost you, Paul. Uh-oh. Oh, there we go. Well, all right, you're back. <laughs> no, they're trying to be the, the, the curing of juice, right? So okay. get a, a subscription. But she wanted to know about the out-of-the-box experience, about uh, you know reordering, about actually using it and, and, and getting the juice, um, you know, the machine itself, the subscription, so all of that kind of stuff. And just a tremendous amount of straight out of the cup of the horse's mouth she led them with some questions but then it was all of the verbatim so wonderful stuff again i think of it as a gorilla right you think about gosh 40 customers to do a journal diary that's going to take me forever to recruit them right. there's a person who's got you know uh is a single person you know in a startup company who, who managed to do that and you know a low a low uh uh a, a low impact environment you know using google drive so yeah. fantastic example yeah that, i think that that's a really interesting tool that um, I hadn't really thought about, and I think there are definite instances where that, that kind of an experience, uh, be able to get that information. And like you said, without really with a low investment, uh, a low amount of investment, right? You don't need an enterprise tool to be able to capture that information. You're just, and there are enterprise tools. Out there <laughs> of course, of course there are. Um, but the concept I think okay. is something that you can quickly get going, um, and, and facilitate to learn more from your customers. So really interesting stuff you know and, and not just for personas but potentially for um a journey mapping as well i've right. seen financial services organizations say collect every piece of paper that you know sent to you over an onboarding uh experience right because oftentimes you know I'm, I'm working with another client right now that they actually just don't know uh, it's an insurance company they don't know what paper is being sent or what documents or what uh communications are going <laughs> out in a you know, in the, in the, in the first, you know, month or two right. after a customer, you know, enrolls. Yeah. That must be why I get so much dang paper in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> the company doesn't even know. Exactly. Know exactly. All right. Well, thanks, Paul. Uh, that was really interesting. Um, I think some great information for our folks and, uh, appreciate the time as always, uh, more learnings, uh, really enjoy it. So, Thanks everyone Likewise, for. Have a good weekend. We'll yeah. put some readings on. The, uh, we'll post some readings along with it if you want to get uh, deeper into the personas. Absolutely, yeah. So uh, thanks everyone for joining us. Have a great weekend, Paul, and uh, weekend. we will uh, talk talk again next week. Take care. Take care.